Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics. I was super excited when Dr. Ruth Gautian accepted to be a guest. She is the Chief Learning Officer and Assistant Professor of Education in Anesthesiology of Will Cornell Medicine. She has been hailed by the journal Nature and Columbia University as an expert in mentoring and leadership development and is currently a contributor to Forbes and Psychology Today, where she writes about optimizing success. She also has a weekly show by the same name where she gathers high achievers to talk about their journey to success. And today, Dr. Ruth, we are going to talk to you about your journey of success. Hello and welcome to Back to Basics. Hello, and thank you so much for having me here. What a pleasure this is. Well, I'm very excited. And, uh, you know, as in every episode, I chit chat with my guests a little bit before we tape. And I, I just wasn't going to even stop. I said, okay, let's stop. And then you're going to tell me this <laughs> on the episode because I could just feel that I'm so curious and intrigued by your journey and the energy you exhume is uh, amazing. And, and oh. it makes me happy when I when people like you say yes to come on the show. Oh, it's a privilege and an honor. Thank you. I appreciate you asking me. Well, uh, you know, I, I started to read some of the articles you've written. I mean, I would be reading probably a month before the <laughs> interview if I read everything you have written, which is, I mean, you're a very prolific writer and you, you write for the Harvard Business Review and for Forbes. And I mean, and it's really good content. So I'll make sure I will put all your data and info uh, in the show notes. Thank you. You know, I want to tell you, I am so excited that you reached out to me after you read them, because as somebody who writes these articles, I write for academic journals and also for the lay journals such as Forbes. And I never know how they're going to land. I never know if it's going to interest anyone. I never know if it's an aha moment for every for anyone, if it impacts or changes anyone's behavior. I have no idea. It just goes out there into this black hole. And when someone tells me that they want more, they read more, they really liked it, they made a change because of it, that just keeps inspiring me to write more and more and more. So thank you for reaching out and letting me know. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'm going to bypass the format of the episode. <laughs> but, you know, uh, this is something I learned from the great Seth Godin, which we were talking about. And I, I share with my audience already. He's going to be on episode 100, but it's about generosity. And as a podcaster yes. myself, I value exactly what you just mentioned. When you put something out there. And it resonates with someone, which it does for a lot of people, I'm sure. But then to take that extra two minutes of our times and our daily lives to let the person know that you enjoy it, that it made the difference. That's where I think a lot of us fall short. And yes. that's something I learned from him, like saying, be generous and, and make a comment and, and give feedback. So I definitely, you know, did it because of that. It's something that I'm, I, I, 
I'm intentional on doing. So I'm glad it resonated. And then I'm glad you said yes. You see, everything happens for a reason. It really did. And I I try to respond to as many as I can. And sometimes people just open up a new way of thinking for me. So those who actually do respond, and maybe I'll ask a question, it gets into this conversation where all of a sudden I now am thinking about things that I haven't thought about before, because somebody else who read one of the articles brought it up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to surround yourself with interesting people and interesting perspectives, which are different than yours, because you'll start thinking differently. And the more you can start thinking differently, the more creative and innovative you're going to be in your writing, in your reading, in your thought process, in whatever it is that you're doing and producing. So it it, it feeds me and gives me a lot of energy. And some of the articles have resulted from comments on previous articles. That's, Full circle. That's amazing. That's am- and, and it's so important that you mentioned that because I think a lot of people don't place enough value in that surrounding people. Yeah. And I've said it over and over. So I know for people out there that follow the show, I'm repetitive. But I always say that I started this podcast for something I wanted to do as a creative outlet because I like inspiring conversations. And I was having them off record. So I say, what if I have them on record and they get to inspire someone else? And the amount of quality people I have met in this journey, it's overwhelming. And then people think, but how are you making money out of it? Well, I'm not doing it for making money to begin with. But then it's just the connections that have arisen from this and people that even know someone in my industry that now they introduce me, but it was never my intention initially. It's just so funny how things work. And that's really how you get to expand your network is really by introducing yourself and meeting people just from other industry and other fields and other genders and other ethnicities, because you will learn new things that you have not thought of. And it's all about sparking these interesting conversations and finding that common thread that we all have. And we all have a common thread. We just haven't found it yet. So we have to keep keep looking and keep having these conversations and you will think differently. And when you do, you cannot not do, right? When you start right. when you start acting on that direction, then everything else, like I can see what you were saying about the message. Like I get a lot of messages to you during the day and I know who's going through the motions and I know who's actually uh, meaning, you know, deeper as uh, something. Yes. And, and then it's easy to spot. It's easy to spot like this person really care about my work or really has is creating synergy or is wanting to connect for a genuine, genuine purpose rather than just, you know, I saw your profile and it's great and and that's it, you know. And we have mutual connections. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And and it just doesn't take that much time and it's really enriching to to approach it in a different way. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you. Well, I mean. I love where this conversation is going already, but I want, I want to know, and I'm sure people listening to this want to know, tell me about your beginners. Where are you from? What were you passionate about as a little girl? Like where were your dreams? I'm always intrigued by that. So I am a New Yorker through and through. I was always an N of one. I was always wanting to do things differently without knowing why. And I always hated to be boxed into someone else's interpretation of what I should be doing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a long story now that I became the first 
girl at 10 years old to play soccer with the boys because there was no girls team. The girls were trading stickers. I had no interest in trading stickers. <laughs> I wanted to kick a ball. So they had to let me, at first they said no. And I kept pushing, right, till I got, yes. Yeah. So, it, you know, it started with that. And then I started, um, I studied business management for my bachelor's and master's. And I worked in finance for two years, then went back to work in higher ed and specifically in academic medicine. I ran what's called a combined MD-PhD program. So my students were getting the dual degrees, an MD and a PhD simultaneously. It was an incredible program with the most incredible students. And then at the age of 43, I decided I was going to live out my lifelong dream and pursue my doctorate. Wow. And I wanted to get my doctorate and there was one institution where I wanted to go and I applied. Only five people knew I applied because I knew the chances were slim. It was one school, one specific program. And so of the five, three wrote my letters of recommendation. Wow. It was it was a really tight circle who who knew. And then I got in. That is amazing. And then there I was in my 40s and at times older than some of my professors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I decided to get my doctorate and I studied the most successful physician scientists of our generation. I studied adult learning and leadership. So I look at how people like you and I learn, which is very different from the K through 12 model. Mm-hmm. How do they learn in the workplace? How do people become successful? How do people ascend to leadership roles? What is a successful leader? How can we become a successful leader? And it studied with looking at successful physician science, uh, scientists, and then it expanded to Nobel laureates and astronauts and Olympic champions and CEOs. And those are the people that I am obsessed with studying. And that, that's they're going to be profiled in my upcoming book, The Success Factor. So it's it's really getting all of these ideas of what makes somebody so successful and how we can emulate those practices in our own lives. I think that's so interesting and 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 I mean that's a lot you 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 <laughs> you said there but I think there's things that are you know kind of my goal with the podcast is to 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 guide people into what their passion is. Sometimes I think we go through the motion of life and we forget. Do you think you kind of knew what your passion was all along in what you said or you kind of knew what you wanted? Was that PhD something like seated somewhere in the back of your mind? So uh, this is what I do all the time when I tell people that that getting the doctorate is not a goal. The goal was always bigger. The doctorate was part of the plan to meet the goal. So I was an assistant dean for mentoring, and now I'm a chief learning officer and on the faculty. That was the goal. I didn't know that it would be that role. That role didn't exist before, but I knew it was something more. And I also knew the doctorate would help me get there. So there is always a bigger goal. And I always teach people, that's one of the things I do as chief learning officers, help people figure out what is your goal and what is your plan to achieve that goal. Because, you know, a goal without a plan is just a dream. So for me, it was getting that doctorate. But based on what your goal is, your plan could be very different. So the first thing is, you know, we were chatting before, you're doing something that you're passionate about is you need to figure out what you're passionate about. Who wants to be miserable at work? You need to figure this out. 
you need to do what I call a passion audit. Find out what you're good at and what you enjoy doing. And that's not the same thing, right? That you ha- Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you enjoy doing it. I'm good at writing training grants. If I never have to write another one, that would be fabulous. <laughs> oh, that's, right? that's good. That serves me. <laughs> training grants are something I'm working right? on for work. <laughs> right? It's They're tough. They're really, really tough to write. But so you need to figure out what it is that you're good at, what it is you're passionate about. I do have a three-step process for the passion audit. If your listeners want, there's a uh, worksheet they can download for free that'll take them right through it. They just go to my website, which is ruthgotian.com slash passion audit. So it's ruthgotian.com slash passion audit, and they can download for free. It's a step-by-step instruction, how to figure out what is you're passionate about. So then you can start developing your goals and your plans. That is amazing. I'm so happy you shared that. I was about, I, I was about to say, I'm sure you have an article out there with the passion <laughs> audit because it's, it's way too juicy to, yes. to pass up. <laughs> yes, there are several articles about it for sure. And then the, the website has the, the resource, the, the worksheet for it. That's great. You know, three years ago, I, I, I wasn't in transition because I've been doing my job for 20 years, but you know, something's got to change. You feel the times changing. I saw the whole social media theme changing and I said, okay, either I make adjustments here into how I'm approaching my business and myself, or I'm in, tr- I'm going to be in trouble because my generation, I'm 47. <clears throat> so my generation is kind of stuck into, you know, we kind of have technology, but we weren't like what our kids are that they, you know, yeah. at six, my daughter is better than me with the iPad. And That's so, right. <laughs> and so I bought, I joke around, but it's true. And I give it the free promo too, but I bought the, the, the yellow book, the personal branding for dummies book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know, to, to see how can I be better at personal branding and that uh, a lot of the exercises, I was surprised. I did it over Christmas. I was on a cruise. It was about your strengths, your weakness, what you're good at. And really it helped me finding that, I guess it was a passion audit in yeah. a way where I say, okay, I'm a good connector. I'm a, think I decent communicator and, and all these things. And that's how eventually the podcast happened. And I started focusing my branding and my initiatives around that. And now my, I feel my job is easier because I'm achieving things with much less effort <laughs> than before. You have a bigger reach, yeah. With a very different angle. And so I really cannot emphasize enough the importance of, of downloading that worksheet, everybody listening out there and doing that passion audit, even when you think you know what your passion is, right? And it changes and your passion changes over time. Right. So if you have young kids, your passion and priorities are going to be very different than if you're an empty nester. Correct. It just is. So you can do this passion audit as often as you want because things will change. I know I am really good at day to day operations and crisis management, but I also know that if I didn't take a break from it, I was going to burn out. Yeah. You can't be solving crises all day, every day for decades. You just can't. You have to pivot at some point. So, and this is for, you know, so that you can grow and you can learn new things. So do that passion audit as often as you want. 
I really think that's uh, valuable advice and, and you'll be surprised. And then there you cannot connect dots too, because those yes. passions so many times connect and we fail to see that. Yes. And we only need to spend 20% of our time doing what we're passionate about. So what happens is people start to procrastinate with doing certain things. And those are the things that they'd love to give away if they could. If they could keep their job, keep their title, keep their salary. You see that you're procrastinating over certain things. Maybe it's preparing your presentation. Maybe it's writing a report. Maybe it's balancing a budget. Maybe it's writing a grant because you don't love it. You don't love it. And what are you procrastinating doing? Well, maybe you're cleaning your house, but maybe you're developing content for social media. And maybe that's a new passion that you haven't tapped into yet. So now what are you going to do to test drive this? Right? See if this is really a passion. Well, let's pretend that it's developing content for social media. So is there a committee you can join that, or a division where you can start doing the social media for that group or one of your volunteer organizations where you can start doing test drive it. See, is it a real passion or a passion of the moment? And then if you really see that, that you are really excited about this, take it bigger, take it bigger, I but like try that. it, pilot I, it. I like that approach because one of the questions I had for you being that you study what makes people successful and, and these passions is what in your opinion you think it's, uh, you know, the big showstopper for most people when they get into a career. And uh, I've had people tell me, well, I've invested 20 years into this particular industry. I, I don't love it anymore, but this is where my knowledge is. And they feel they're stuck into a particular path. What would you say to that kind of person? Well, that's because it's not that they're stuck in a path. Their mind is stuck. Because what you do in an industry could probably be translated into another industry. What are the attributes? Are you a problem solver? Well, then you could be a problem solver in any industry. Are you a communicator? Well, you can be a communicator in any industry. Are you, let's say, doing that social media content? You can do that in any industry. So you can learn skills. You can learn the background of another industry. The question is, are you willing to? Mm, yeah. You can read about it. You can listen about it. You can talk to other people. You can learn that. You can learn about a new industry. Nobody started knowing everything in that industry. It does take a little bit of work, but there's certain things that are hard to teach. Teaching someone how to, you can't teach passion. I'm a hundred percent with you. Right. Yes. <laughs> you can't, it's harder to pull out resiliency and work ethic from a person. But if you're the, if you're a focused person with a strong work ethic and real sense of perseverance and a real passion, who's intrinsically motivated, you can work in any industry. You will be like a cat with nine lives, wherever they put you, you will succeed. So you have to get unstuck with that in your mind. And if you think of the most successful people, lots of them pivoted. Interesting. Interesting. And, and I totally agree. It's a matter of mindset. And I think although the pandemic has been tragic and is such a challenging time, I think it's really giving people that opportunity, either that yeah. unfortunately we lost our jobs or we went to work from home and like it's showing us a different way of doing things. Like people thought I'm so important to be in the office every day. And now you, you know, it's not so 
and that even for company owners and uh, that you don't have to have the person right there every day. And yeah. and now people feel they are they can do things differently and get away with it in a, in a way. So I think that mindset is it's uh, in a way changing and it's a perfect time for revisiting, you know, yes. how, how we're living our lives. Reimagine. Reimagine. Just reimagine. I love it. That's another article. I, 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 you, you speak and I can see how, how these articles come, <laughs> come out. Of now, now you understand how it, right. This is how it flows. Yes. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, I know I connected with you because of mentorship. So mm-hmm. this is something that I'm very close to in a way. I've been lucky uh, to be involved in the workforce development of our industry. And uh, I was appointed by the FCC chairman to lead the FCC Broadband Advisory Committee uh, Job Skills Working Group a year and a half ago. And in that sense, I became very intrigued with apprenticeships and, you know, what people can do and the trades, other paths. And I took it on myself to mentor younger women in telecom because it's also a tough industry for women. You know, it's a very male dominated uh, industry and it has been a great experience to see the change, you know, that you can, that even a a support system. I always tell my mentees, you need to run something by someone, just text me, reach out. You know, it's always good to have a soundboard to to just give you an extra opinion. And that uh, you've written a lot about it. And I, I just want to hear from you about the mentorship. I know you're involved with, uh, uh, is it the mentorship program or project? Several. The mentor project. I, the mentor I am project. A volu- yes. I'm a volunteer mentor with the mentor project where I have my own show on Monday nights where I bring in high achievers. And that's also been turned into a podcast. That's great. Um and I used to uh, be the assistant dean for mentoring here. And it's how great that we're talking about this now because January is National Mentoring Month. Oh, So this is the time where we highlight all the great things about mentoring. So the research is very clear. Those who are mentored outperform and out-earn those who are not. They get promoted more often. They get higher salaries. They have less burnout. For those who are in research positions, they publish more, they get more speaking opportunities, their network is bigger, and it's also great for the institution because those who are mentored actually stay. They have a greater loyalty to the institution. So it really is a win-win, and the mentors love it because they are learning as well. Mm -hmm. And there's something about giving back, which is one of the best feelings in the world, when you are able to give something to someone without expecting anything in return, that's the best thing. And the best mentors in the world, their goal is for, is for one day the mentees to outshine them. Because when the mentees succeed, that's how the mentors count their success. It's on how successful the mentees are. So there's so many ways to get those pairings. And I actually advocate for a team of mentors, not just having one mentor. So most people understand there's actually been a recent study that said two thirds of the people understand the need for a mentor, but only one third actually have them. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of ways and you could read the articles. I actually gave scripts of how to approach mentors. And here's the key. You never ask them to be your mentor. You Mm -hmm. ask them for advice or perspective. 
Because if you ask them to be a mentor, you're asking them to take on another job. Mm -hmm. And nobody has time for another job. Mm -hmm. Nobody. But if you ask them for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, because you want to get their thoughts on something you wrote or you did or you're considering, that they have time for. Everyone has time to give their opinion. I'm so so relieved. Today I wrote my third email to someone asking for perspective. It's someone that I would love you know, yes, to, to have us a mentor. Exactly. But I, I did exactly what you just said. So ooh, I'm relieved. <laughs> That's exactly the way to do it. Because if you're asking someone to be your mentor, it's almost a burden. And you know what? They're not a mentor until the mentee calls them one. Because it is a privilege and it has to be earned which means the mentor has to put in a lot, the mentee has to put in a lot, and that's the only way it's going to be successful. But I really advocate for having more than one. You want your entire, you want a board of directors. You want people from different industries. You want people from different generations. And I always say there's three levels. You want someone senior to you, you want a peer, and you want somebody junior to you. Those three levels is what you want. And that's how you'll really get a robust team. And there's another worksheet I have for anyone who's interested on developing a mentoring team. It's right on my website. It's ruthgotian.com slash mentoring team, ruthgotian.com slash mentoring team. There's also articles about it in Forbes and psychology today. It's, uh, it's, you will succeed a lot more if you have a team of people backing you. That's great. I, I love that you have tangible advice. I'm, I'm writing all these notes <laughs> for me. Well, you know what? Who wants theory? Not, theory exactly. is great for academics like me to understand why certain things will work and don't work. But most people want to know what they can implement as soon as this podcast is over in order to have an impactful change in their life. And that's what I'm here to help yeah, people with. I love it. A tactical approach is so important. And uh, because you, you're right, I, I have three people that I call my mentors, but I, I never ask them to be my mentors. It's just through life. We created that relationship. And when I yes. look back at my career, they know I acknowledge them every time I can, but even them will be surprised. Oh, I didn't know she considered me a mentor, but yeah, because you, you gave me advice when no one would or where no one had, and these were people very, you know, some of them very high level and that you, you take notice because not a yes. lot of people, as you say, stop their day to offer help or to, to offer advice. And, uh, but I had never really gone formally around it, you know, like, and, and so sometimes I myself have questions when I'm, I'm, you know, I'm CEO of my company, but you can always learn more and you can all, and there's always a high, hire someone, right? That, and, and there's so, always a hire, but you know what? It doesn't have to be someone higher. Mm-hmm. So I tell people that I learned Twitter from someone who's a generation younger than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because what happened was when I was in the previous role in the MD PhD program, I used to recruit students and I would go to all of these big, scientific conferences to recruit college students. And I saw this big sign with a blue bird and something I thought was a pound symbol, which I later learned was a hashtag. And they were keep talking about tweet this and tweet that. And I had no idea what they were talking about. And all of a sudden I pulled a student over and I said, what's with the blue bird? And that's when he told me all about Twitter. Well, I was here. I was trying to recruit people one at a time. When there was a whole other conversation going on that I wasn't even aware of, I was completely in the dark of this other conversation where there was thousands of students 
and thousands of people involved. That night, I went to my hotel room, and at around midnight on the floor of my hotel room, I created my first Twitter account. I didn't even have a photo. I had the egg. <laughs> and I mean, that tells you how long ago it was, but I created it that day, that night. And since then, I've been using it because that was a platform to reach more people. So I got that perspective and I got that insight from someone who was a generation younger than me. So mentors don't have to be older than you. They don't have to be male. They don't have to be Caucasian. They can be, but they can also be other people in senior roles. They can be your peers because peers rise together. Peers also know what you're going through, what you're feeling, the stresses that you're having. And they can also be people who are junior to you. And I think if you're open to all those levels, you will really have greater success. Wow. That's so, such powerful advice. So <laughs> I, I'm sure everybody see not as I am. And uh, as I know, I could talk with you for hours, but I'm vigilant of the time. I know you have written and I saw several articles also on networking, networking in pandemic times. And I think that's also <laughs> something that resonates with people and the audience right now, because I want to give them, you know, also your perspective into for those people that feel, how am I going to grow my network if I don't get to go even <laughs> outside my my door? I actually think you can network with more people when you're sitting on your couch. My LinkedIn uh, followers and connections has doubled since the pandemic began because there are more opportunities. But just because you're sitting on your couch in your sweats doesn't mean you don't interact with people. So as we started this conversation, when I say that you reach out to people, you can reach out to the host of a podcast, the guest of a podcast, a keynote speaker on the webinar, an audience member who asked a good question. Use the chat feature if you don't want to ask a question verbally to ask your question. And if someone asked a good question or made a good comment, reach out to them and say, I really enjoyed your comment about such and such. It really resonated with me because... So there are so many ways, right? Or I just read your book. I just read your article. I really loved it. I, this particular sentence or particular insight that you had is what really intrigued me. And this is why. So there are so many ways that you are able to do that. So it's just a matter of actually not just being passive, but active with your engagement. And then, of course, there's social media. Well, I have exactly the same experience and you, and I feel sometimes when I talk to people, it's hard to, to put them into that because it's also a mindset, right? I yes. feel people complaining about networking and to me has been very prolific. I feel yes. the quality of my interactions with people are way of a higher quality in a way, even on a trade show, because you have them on Zoom. I know everybody's yes. names. <laughs> I have them there. Yes. I don't have yes. to go asking who's that guy or reading a badge that I can barely see. I have yes. it captive. I know what they ask about. I, you know, I can contact them directly through the chat function, as you said. So I, I myself, I'm actually enjoying this. I'm a social person. So I also enjoy my happy hour after the long conference day. <laughs> but, but you know what? When I have these, these conferences, you get the, speaker list in advance mm -hmm. or the participant list. And I will reach out to every person. I am really looking forward to your talk on XYZ at the one, two, three conference. Yes. Connect. 
and the next and the next and the next. Yes. And that's the way that you are able to, and then after I really enjoyed your talk, right? You you have to engage in that conversation, but not just, I really enjoyed your talk. Be specific. What is it that you enjoyed in their talk? Show, as you said at the beginning, show that you're authentic, show that you are paying attention. Absolutely. And requesting a connection after something like that is almost inevitable. They're going to accept it because now there's that bond between the two of you that you both were in the same session, interested in the same thing. So that creates an immediate synergy. And common uh, thread. Exactly. So for all of you out there listening to this, you better get, uh, you know, uh, motivated to start and engage. It's the beginning of the year. You have no excuses. Start engaging. Uh, what would you say to people that say, I'm not the social media type? I don't know if you have heard this. I'm sure you have, because it's almost like there's a category of people, and I'm not judging, but it's almost like I don't have time for that. Sometimes they yeah. make me feel that I have not enough work because I'm so social on social media. What's your take on that? Look, if you don't want to connect with people on social media, that is your prerogative. You don't have to. And I can tell you that there are some incredibly successful people who are on social media all the time because they feel that's how they keep their finger on the pulse of what is actually happening. And there's certain people that this is just beyond them and they don't want to do that. But you probably have email. So you can reach out to people by email. It's not so hard to find people's emails these days and do that same type of thing, that same type of connection that you would So just realize it'll be more difficult to stay on people's radar. But what you can do is, and a lot of the CEOs I know who I work with once a quarter, they will reach out to the people in their network to send them some sort of an email. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Have a great summer. Here's an article I read and I thought of you because, you know, or I loved your latest article, or I heard an interview I thought you would be interested. Something, just something once a quarter. That's how you stay top of mind. I love it. Well, I have to say, modesty aside, I don't have uh, as as many articles like you, but I did write an article like maybe a year ago called Networking with Heart. And, oh, and nice. yes, and I think sometimes people ask me about, you know, how do you get, you know, that kind of connection with people and that strong network? And I always say network with heart, network from a genuine yeah. place. Reach out, as you say, at the holidays. I love connecting on the holidays because it's a almost an uninterested way. Like I'm not looking for something. I'm not asking you for business. I'm not. I'm just wishing right. you happy holidays. That's and, right. It should not be transactional. Exactly. It should not be transactional. You have to build trust exactly. before you ever ask and offer before you ever ask. I I totally agree. Well, normally I give this part of the of the uh, episode for you to talk about anything that's upcoming. I know you mentioned that your book, The Success Factor, anything yes. to tell us, share with us anything that is inspiring you these days that you're excited about that you want to share. There, there's so many things happening. There's a lot of articles coming out, a lot of keynote talks coming out. And uh, we have the book coming out next year called The Success Factor, where I highlight some of the most successful people of our generation, Wow! where I talk about the four pillars of success and how we can emulate those things. And I give the stories of these Nobel laureates and the astronauts and Olympic champions. So you have, you have something that you can ground it in, and then you learn how you can implement it in your own life. 
Well, I definitely will look in for that book. It sounds so, it makes me think about that book. You know, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, the name escaped that also interviewed the most successful personalities of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, Napoleon Hill, no? Uh, maybe there's different people. Tim. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I love it. And uh, so, Dr. Ruth, if you were to say and share with us something that makes you tick, something that when times are tough, when you get totally thrown off balance and when you don't have this incredible energy that you're showcasing here <laughs> today, uh, where, what do you connect to to kind of uh, make you remain true to your essence? So. I'm an avid reader. I love, love, love reading. And it's what grounds me. And I read in three different ways. I will read a, a paper book. I will read on my Kindle. And I will listen on Audible. So I'm usually reading multiple books at the same time because I listen or read to a different genre <laughs> based on what it is. And um, one fun fact is that I read 70 to 100 books a year. Oh my God. <laughs> That's, I, I'm an avid reader and I love doing that. And I'm not in a place near water, but if I ever truly want to be tranquil, it's just reading a good book by a body of water and I am in heaven. I don't need anything more than that. Well, except that my family. <laughs> it does sound heavenly. And I wish that's exactly what you do this weekend. And, uh, you know, probably I, not. I, <laughs> probably write uh, 50 articles at the pace I see <laughs> you publishing. But, uh, you know, whatever you, it is that you're doing, I say keep doing it because, I mean, your energy is incredible. You're giving back. You're being generous. You're helping people and you're being kind. And uh, I feel that you've been kind to me and to my audience by accepting the invitation. And, and for that, I thank you very much. Thank you for asking. I am truly humbled and privileged. Thank you. Thank you. Best of luck. Thank you. And until the next time. <laughs>